Hello and welcome to episode 693 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this afternoon. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We're recording on Wednesday, October the 25th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Wednesday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain deliverance from hell. My most beloved lady, I thank thee for having delivered me from hell as many times as I have deserved it by my sins. Miserable creature that I was, I was once condemned to that prison, and perhaps already after the first sin, the sentence would have been put into execution if thou and thy compassion hadst not helped me. Thou, without even being asked by me, and only in thy goodness, didst restrain divine justice, and then conquering my obduracy, thou didst draw me to have confidence in thee. Oh, and to how many other sins should I have afterwards fallen? In the dangers in which I have been, hadst not thou, my loving mother, preserved me by the graces which thou didst obtain for me? Ah, my queen, continue to guard me from hell. For what will thy mercy and the favors which thou hast shown me avail me if I am lost? If I did not always love thee, now at least, after God, I love thee above all things. Never allow me to turn my back on thee and on God, who by thy means has granted me so many graces. My most amiable lady, never allow me to have the misfortune to hate thee and curse thee for all eternity in hell. Wilt thou endure to see a servant of thine who loves thee lost? O Mary, what sayest thou? I shall be lost if I abandon thee. But who can evermore have the heart to leave thee? How can I ever forget the love thou hast borne me? My lady, since thou hast done so much to save me, complete the work, continue thy aid. Wilt thou help me? But what do I say? If at a time when I live forgetful of thee, thou didst favor me so much, how much more may I not hope for now that I love thee and recommend myself to thee? No, he can never be lost who recommends himself to thee. He alone is lost who has not recourse to thee. Ah, my mother, leave me not in my own hands, for I should then be lost. Grant that I may always have recourse to thee. Save me, my hope. Save me from hell. But in the first place, save me from sin, which alone can condemn me to it. Today, friends, we're going to take another look at the series pertaining to Russia and the Catholic Church over at 1peter5.com. This is the third part. Once again, it's authored by Maxim Grigoriev. This gentleman's last name is spelled G-R-I-G-O-R-I-E-F-F. And the title of this installment, which was published on October 21st of this year, is Venerable and Blessed Founders of the Russian Catholic Exarchate. Venerable Metropolitan Andrei Sheptitsky, 1865 to 1944. I would insist here that Venerable Metropolitan Andrei Sheptitsky was head of the remaining Western offspring of the once united and Catholic metropolis of Kiev. The initial canonical unity of newly baptized Rus broke apart in late Middle Ages following the political disintegration and polarization in the region. After the schism, a once united people were divided between the seas of Rome, Constantinople, and Moscow. The formation of particular nations and their languages in the modern sense, Russians, Ukrainians, Belarusians, was to a great degree conditioned by this history. 
Metropolitan Andre lived in the culminating historical moment of all these historical tensions, and he acted like a true saint. Out of his Christian solidarity, historic memory, and love for the unity of all Kievan Rus under Rome, he was restlessly looking for an opportunity to help the new movement of Russian Catholics receive a canonical form within the Catholic Church. In order to do that, he asked the same Pope St. Pius X for all the necessary powers. In 1908, Father Alexei Zerchaninov was appointed by Rome as the head of a mission for Russian Catholics of the Eastern Rite, directly governed by the Holy See. The Russian Catholic community thus received a canonical foundation and structure thanks to that prominent metropolitan of what would be called later a sister church. In 1909, after many attempts to obtain official status, the Russian Catholic Church on Polozov Street 12 opened publicly. In 1912, there occurred a need for a new building as the church was unable to accommodate all the parishioners. A new chapel was built on the corner of Barmalieva Street, House 48-2, apartment number one, which does not exist now. In 1913, the Orthodox Catholic magazine titled The Word of Truth began to be published by the parish. Blessed Leonid Fedorov, 1879 to 1935, the apostolic exarch for the Byzantine Rite Catholics in Russia. A significant role in the formation of the Russian Catholic Church of the Byzantine Rite was played by Leonid Fedorov. After graduating from high school, he entered the Orthodox St. Petersburg Theological Academy. The search for truth and the study of church history led him to the conclusion that the Catholic Church is the one true church. After that, young Leonid went to Lvov and then to Rome. In Lvov, he met with Metropolitan Andrei Sheptitsky, and that meeting had a decisive influence on his personal fate, as well as the future of the Russian Catholic Church. In 1902, in Rome, Leonid officially converted to Catholicism and continued his seminary studies in Rome, Switzerland, and Freiburg. In 1911, he was ordained a priest by the Bulgarian Greek Catholic Bishop Mikhail Mirov. In 1912, Father Leonid took monastic vows in the Studite Monastery in Kamenitsa. In 1914, after his return to St. Petersburg, Leonid Fedorov's father was arrested and, as a person, quote, dangerous to state security, end quote, was sent into exile in Tobolsk. It was the same year during the outbreak of World War I when Russian troops occupied Lvov, Sheptitsky was arrested by the Russian authorities and sent into exile, where he stayed until the spring of 1917. In early 1917, after the fall of the monarchy, Father Leonid and Metropolitan Andre were faced with the task and duty of putting the affairs of the Russian Catholic community in proper order and reorganizing it according to new circumstances. Meanwhile, on May 13th of that year, Our Lady of Fatima appeared in Portugal and would speak about Russia and her conversion. On May 31, June 11, according to the Russian calendar, the Russian Catholic Synod of St. Petersburg commenced, which organized the Russian Catholic Church under Blessed Leonid and its canons formally submitted to the patronage of the Most Holy Queen, our Mother of God, 
who has not shared in original sin all the territory of great Russia, we beseech the all high to make those dioceses obedient to the church of ancient Rome, the mother of all Orthodox churches. Mindful of the words of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. Matthew 9, 38. We beseech him to grant our church as great a number as possible of great saints, apostles, martyrs, and confessors for the achievement of the union of all Christianity in our country with the Holy Catholic Church. Upon all priests, is imposed the obligation to beg each day for the favor of this grace. As a priest, Leonid Fedorov was made exarch of the Russian Catholic Church. He was endowed with almost Episcopal powers and received the title of a mitred archpriest. As a result of the council, there were 68 points of resolutions agreed upon that answered the most pressing questions of structural and spiritual life of the flock and clergy. Particular attention was paid to the inviolable formal integrity of the Russian Slavic Byzantine Rite, according to the will of Pope St. Pius X, who personally ordered that the Russian Rite be kept unchanged, neck plus, neck minus, neck aliter, without additions, omissions, or changes. In 1921, the Holy See officially confirmed the appointment of the Exarch. After the council, many parishes were being established. New priests were sent to them by the decision of the Exarch, and educational and charitable activities were developing very rapidly. Among other projects, the Society of the Advocates for the Reunification of the Churches was formed, consisting of Orthodox and Catholics alike. A small female monastic community dedicated to the Holy Spirit was founded in St. Petersburg, with the number of the faithful growing. In one of his letters, Fedorov wrote, from the very beginning of my activity, I managed to establish the most friendly relations with the most prominent representatives of the Petrograd, meaning St. Petersburg clergy, like Metropolitan Veniamin, Bishop Simon of the Old Believers in Communion with the Russian Church, and even with the Patriarch himself. In 1920, Russian Orthodox Patriarch Tikhon allowed the Orthodox clergy to work together with the Eastern Catholics on the issue of reestablishing the long-desired unity between Greeks and Catholics. Next is Vladimir Abrikasov, who lived between 1880 and 1966, Russian Catholic priest in Moscow. In parallel with the community of St. Petersburg, another group of Russian Catholics was developing in Moscow under the leadership of the spouses Anna and Vladimir Abrikasov. Ordained during the Council of 1917, Father Vladimir became the pastor of the freshly established parish dedicated to the Nativity of the Most Holy Theotokos, a female monastic community of the Byzantine Rite and Dominican spirituality was also established in the city. And it says, next week, part four entered the Soviets, and I believe that will be published on part four. Or excuse me, on Sunday, part four will be published. God bless those brave Russian men and women who, even during the time of communist upheaval, held fast to the one true faith. When we are tempted to get frustrated or angered by what's going on in the world, we have to remember the mighty example of those good, 
priests and laymen who came before us, who even to the shedding of their blood were willing to stand up and fight for the truth, to fight for the gospel, to fight for the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Let us conclude, my friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism through learning and outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org. And also please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. The website and those episodes deal with RPM, which is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Just as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough in terms of being able to communicate for the deaf, RPM has done the same thing for non-speakers. Before my niece was eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know that she's a comprehensive genius who's very skilled in regards to mathematics. She's a brilliant composer, a poet. She knows foreign languages. We would have known none of that were it not for rapid prompting method. Communication is a human right. And what RPM does is take non-speakers out of this prison of silence and get them into the world of open communication where they belong. So please get the word out there. It is critically important. And if you don't know a non-speaker, you probably will at some point in your life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please tune in again tomorrow. Goodbye and God love you.